Good morning. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. You know what that means. The Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. Outworking the competition while they still sleep. And today, we're going to focus on something I tell people in person all the time on a very regular basis. Unless you're selling oxygen, everyone is not your customer. Everyone is not your audience. One of the biggest mistakes that business owners make is they want everyone to know about their brand, to like their brand, to appreciate them, and to be a potential customer, a potential consumer, a potential business transaction partner. It's just not realistic unless you have hundreds of millions of dollars to throw into marketing. So for those of you who are not spending hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing, I'm going to explain the process of how you get highly focused on your best primary target audience, how you continue to service that audience while you develop the potential for new audience, and then develop a secondary audience. We're going to talk about the 80-20 rule about experimentation, etc. So all of these things are going to happen today on the podcast. So let's begin right off with the basic concept of selective audience. Again, everyone is not your audience. I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what your product is, your service, etc., Everyone is not your audience. You have to be more selective than that. Now, many people try to take the very shortest route to selectivity, and actually you want to take the most extreme route to focus and selectivity to a primary and secondary target audience right off the bat. So don't go from everyone to just men or to just women or to people under 50 or people that are college educated or people that make more than $100,000 a year. Those are basic very basic parameters, and they're starting places for developing an actual audience for your product or service. It is not an endpoint; it is a starting point. There are all kinds of things, no matter what your product or service is. There are ideas, there are concepts, there are demographics, there are things that are associated with people's behavior, why they buy a product or service that you have to tap into. You have to get as extremely focused as possible and then develop out from there. So don't worry about anyone who, number one, can't or simply won't buy your product or service. A great example here, for those of you watching the video, I'm wearing my gas station coffee t-shirt. The great example of, number one, anyone who doesn't drink coffee is not an audience member of for gas station coffee, not a, a target at all. Although, obviously, you could argue maybe someone does the shopping for the household, but they'll shop for the recommendation of the coffee drinker, not just guessing on what it is they want. Number two, you can already tell, too, from the name of Gas Station Coffee, it is not a fancy, overblown $6 cup of coffee. It's a lot different than that. Plenty of people are turned off by the idea of the name Gas Station Coffee. They say, well, I think Gas Station Coffee is bad coffee. And that's fine. They don't get the joke. They don't get what it is that gas station coffee is trying to do and how they're trying to connect with people. And so the fact that they're not willing to play along, they don't have that sense of humor, the rest of the marketing is a sense of humor, et cetera, means they weren't going to be a good target anyways. And so we move on. And that's one of the first lessons for anyone, not just business people, but individuals, is you will hear more no's than yeses and that rejection isn't a negative. It's actually a positive. It's a teaching agent for you. 
So as you hear no's, as you are rejected, as people say, I would never buy a product like that, as they say, I don't like the concept, I don't like the idea, I don't like the packaging, I don't like the taste, I'm just not into that kind of stuff, that's fine. It moves you forward into someone who's more potential to buy. It clears the playing field, if you will. If you start with 1,000 targets right off the bat, 200 of them don't drink coffee, so we're down to 800. 400 of the 800 don't like the idea of gas station coffee or are more intrigued by a brand like the Star or whatever's or the so-and-so's that have more prestige, if you will, that are known in different circles. If their focus is there, let's say 200 there go there. Now we've gone from 1,000 to 200 potential targets. Now you're just talking to 200 people with still a variety of demographics, education, race, ethnicity, age, all of those things that you still have to whittle down into the person or persons, the personas, if you will, most likely to say, I would like to try gas station coffee because I don't like the overpriced brands, because I don't like the, the brands that I think represent things different than my personal values. Maybe this is something with the red and the blue and the other things that come with this brand that make it more, more, more sense for me. Those are the individuals we're targeting. Now, it may have gone from 200 to 100 or 1 to 50 or to 10 or to 3. But it's okay if our marketing, our communication, all of the stuff that we're spending time, money, and effort on reaches those right three people every time over and over again. That becomes our first three customers, then our second three, and then our third three, etc. So the more that you get rejection, the more that people start tuning out or not paying attention to or not responding to your marketing, to your advertising, to your communications, allows you to understand who is responding, who is paying attention, continue that focus down into a funnel, if you will, into the highly specific, most likely to say yes. That's the person you always want to be dealing with. Whether you're a business trying to sell them a product or service, if you're an individual trying to negotiate something, if you're asking someone for a job, if you're trying to sell something as an artist or musician, trying to get someone to, to pay attention to your creative here on social media, the person most likely to say yes is 100 times more valuable than someone who may be, and they are 100 times more valued than someone who is not interested, and they are 100 times more value than someone who has zero interest. So the closer you get to who you are, what your offering is, and then what the audience is looking for, the more likely that you create conversion, you create that ultimate sell, which is the point. The whole point of the process, the whole reason that this activity is happening is because we want conversion. We want to sell someone our product or service. The most likely to buy is the best target. We've put it in front of them. We've engaged them. We've intrigued them. We've connected with them. And then, of course, the last half of it is you have to execute. You have to actually sell them the product or service in the way they expect it to at the price they find value in, etc. We're going to assume you're doing all those things right if you have taken the time and put the effort into focusing your marketing message, focusing your communication, taking all of those no's, all of that rejection, and letting it push you down into the highly focused, most likely to buy. That's your primary audience. Now that you understand 
who that audience is. You understand them highly. You've had so many no's and so much rejection and so much push down this funnel that you are highly detailed into the persona of that person. When you know that, you don't automatically then go and start selling to someone completely different. If the most likely to buy your product is a 50-year-old male that makes $100,000 a year, is college-educated, lives in the suburbs, enjoys college football, and drinks coffee, your secondary audience is not going to be 22-year-old females living in suburban areas interested in international politics. There's no correlation there. Go back to that primary target persona. That's your center. That's the starting place where everything happens. You now work center out. You don't go jumping from one spot to the next, but you have a starting place. You have an audience you know and understand. Now move one degree off center in any direction, whether it's younger, older, less money, more money, education, demographics, whatever it is that gets you to the spot you need to be in, but move one degree away from that primary audience and focus there on the extension of your communication, of the extension of the imagery in your branding, in your marketing, etc. Don't jump around, move one degree off center. You can at the same time move one degree off center in different directions as long as you're slightly moving off-center, starting in the same place every time with your most likely to purchase audience. As you do that, you now get the opportunity to develop a secondary audience, primary and secondary. Who do you sell to as much as possible? Who do you have the potential to sell to as much as possible is your secondary audience. Now, we might think to yourself, that's going to be a really slow process in developing a very large audience that I could sell hundreds, thousands, possibly millions of dollars worth of product or service to. But the opportunity, number one, to expand one degree off means you know so much about them, they highly potential, highly likely to convert. You're going to get more, start to get as many yeses as you need. You're never going to get more yeses than no's, but it starts sliding more in your favor. That's number one. Number two is the 80-20 rule. And if those of you who are not familiar with the 80-20 rule, is 80% of the time you should be doing things that you know are highly effective. Do the things that work 80% of the time with 80% of your budget, your effort, your focus. 20% of the time, you should be experimenting. You should be doing different things, random things, definitely things that are far away from that target audience, that target messaging, what you're doing on the regular basis, experimentation, to see if any of it catches. In this case, again, just like in the 80%, everything that goes well informs you of something that you potentially can roll into your whole marketing the things that don't go well, the confirmation of audiences that are not interested is education in itself, itself, it's feedback. It is information that lets you know that that experimentation was an audience that wasn't ready, wasn't capable, wasn't going to ever convert or be convinced. Thus, the next time you 20, your 20% experimentation can go in a different direction. Every time that you're doing 20% of experimentation, you should expect a lot of it to fail a lot of it to not land, but the education process, what you learn from it, is highly beneficial to roll back into what you already know comparatively with your target and primary and secondary. And then you have sometimes the potential for the experimentation to work. 
It lands on something unexpected in an unexpected way, some combination you had not planned for and probably would have not spent time and money and effort on if you didn't know it had landed via the experimentation. But because it starts working, you can move those things that start working into the 80% of things that work. So you might potentially develop another, a third, or a fourth, and a fifth audience that's unexpected and unrelated if you gain that information, gain the access to that audience through your 20% experimentation on 80-20 and eventually roll them back into the 20% that goes back into the 80% that actually is work, is proven, and is guaranteed to lead to conversion. So that's the last piece here is about conversion. When we are trying to communicate messages, when we're trying to relate what's happening with our partner service, how it relates to our target audience, the value that we're presenting to them. We, get, we create a relationship, we give them information, we intrigue them, we hold their attention. Now you get into conversion process. If you have attracted the right audience for the right reasons with the right tactics, this is why this is so important. The right tactics bring the right people for the right reason. They believe in the value proposition that you presented them. You have conversion. You sell them the product or service. It meets expectations that you have set. You have you have painted a picture. You have delivered upon it. The consumer is happy with the transaction. No buyer's remorse, but it lives up to what was promised. The likelihood of repeat business versus initial business is very high. The profitability of repeat business versus initial business is even higher. The most profitable audience is a dedicated repeat customer. So put time and effort and budget into gaining their trust and securing a relationship with them the first time. Conversion and delivery of value. Now repeatable business. Most profitable can eventually become predictable, even bankable, depending on your product or service, how well you service them, how well you retain. But working to convert or sell to an audience that is already purchased or is already predispositioned to because of your past relationship is a quicker, more economical, more profitable proposition for you as the business as the provider. Anytime you can get into a circumstance where you're repeating business as opposed to driving, dragging new people in, the profitability goes up, the conversion is quicker, it's an easier process. Then the idea that they are ones who start recommending you, they give you referrals, recommendations, even become what's called known a brand evangelist, where they're actively out telling people, you should be drinking this coffee, you should be eating this food, you should be doing these other things. Now you are getting free marketing, free advertising, free audience development in the best tool possible, which is a personal relationship where someone is telling someone who they already know and trust, you should do this, I do this, a personal recommendation, the greatest tool you have. So as you can see, you started highly focused. You started very specific. You expanded out from there one degree at a time while experimenting, trying to find other things that might work in unexpected ways as I bump the camera and bump the microphone at the same time. Sorry about that, everyone. And then set expectation, meet expectation, and develop repeatable business. Repeatable business is the most profitable. If you can convert at repeatable to a level it becomes predictable, then you can 
hire and fire. You can expand your business. You can make capital purchases. You can make decisions for how your business moves forward based on the predictability of the model that you've put together. There only happens if you actually target the right audience, if you bring the right audience in with the proper techniques, if the value proposition is true, if you deliver upon it consistently, and complete the transaction as expected because you attracted the right audience to begin with, not a single sale, predictable, repeatable, business is sustainable. Singular sales or tricking someone, convincing someone, promoing someone, whatever you want to call it, but not taking the proper tactics, but taking the quickest tactics, the cheapest tactics, maybe even underhanded tactics to convince someone to buy your product or service. And then the delivery process, the conversion process, the value proposition isn't what they expected They will not become repeatable business. In fact, might even be negative, give you negative referrals, negative reviews, tell people actively not to buy your product or service. So there are so many reasons to not try to go for singular sales, dirty tricks, or promising things you can't deliver. All of that leads to disaster. But finding the right audience, being highly focused for all the right reasons, using tactics that that convey that, Conversion process, value proposition, living up to the image that you've created creates the potential for repeatable business. That is the most profitable and best form and ultimately sustainable version of business. It doesn't matter how much money you make today, this week, this month, or this year, if you can't sustain those levels. That sustainment comes from actual business relationships developed on what your product or service really offers to the person most likely to appreciate that, most likely to want it, be willing to pay for it, understand the value of it, even put higher value on it than you do, become a repeat business, give you referrals, give you references, become a brand evangelist. Everything you do has to be working towards that if you want a sustainable business. You can make some quick money by underhanded tactics, shortcuts, or going for cheap thrills, if you will. But real sustainable generational wealth comes from the success that's created by sustained business. That comes from starting in the right place, always having everything aligned, focused in the right way, and ending up in the right place. The value proposition that you set, you live up to, and then you repeat. That is the fastest, not the fastest way to success. Let me repeat, or let me back that up. It's not the fastest way to success, but it is the most sustainable way to be successful. It is the proper way to build success. It is the way you want to do it so that you can keep doing it, that the business starts to sell for itself. You get a snowball effect of building a reputation, building online or and in-person presence, building audiences, developing audiences, developing brand evangelists, people doing the work for you along with your efforts, and continually do the 80% that works, 20% experimentation, you find other ways, and eventually all this adds up to a large audience that is sustainable, that is repeatable, that is predictable, even bankable. That is a successful organization that will make a lot of profit 
will be able to survive when things are slow, when something like COVID happens, when you have new competitors, etc., and will be continually, perpetually, sustainably successful. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. You know what that means. The Saturday morning hustle. We are outworking the competition while they still sleep. I appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode. It's a topic I have a lot of passion for. I may try to come back to it again soon in the future. In the meantime, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the heart, the bell, whatever it is you're looking at. Make sure you follow hashtag Saturday morning hustle on social media as well. Leave a comment, leave a review. Let me know what topics you want me to talk about next time on the Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Wake up and keep chasing your dreams.